Welcome to episode 540 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, our team, welcome along to episode 540 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Oh, I'm pretty good. Noticing a couple of things today. Is that a new New Zealand you like um, that? thing on the wall? Yeah. You like that? Yeah. yeah. That's actually one of our wedding presents. Let's explain what it is. We can't just say it like that. What it's, it's a mural type. No, it's not a mural. It's um, it's a piece of art that's a map of New Zealand <laughs> made out of tin, is it? So, you know, there's, she's quite a famous artist. Right. You know, when you go into the. To, into, into, have you ever been to Central City recently? No. Oh, that doesn't help. <laughs> well, there's this the old man pushing a lawnmower, kind of like that made. Right, okay. And she's quite, quite famous. And my auntie bought it for me and Joe, myself and Joe, for our wedding present. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's quite lovely. She put that on the website this week so people okay. know what we're Oh, I've read it on the website. Mm-hmm. Next week I'll put a photo up of it. But okay. I noticed John's got a new computer. Yeah. And you're pretty happy with the Mac, aren't you? It's great. Yeah, but why? You were telling me when you turned it on, it picked up all your old stuff, even it had did. my Wi-Fi password. Yes, I didn't have to do anything. See, why don't you go Mac, guys? You never go back. And also, I noticed that the full can of Coke here, John. Oh, I'm full going sugar. To, I'm going to do some intervals after this, and I'm a bit worried my arousal level. Yeah. You have to keep me on a high, and then I won't have to have the Coke, but I've got to go out and do three by 15 minutes of FTP, and I'm a little worried I'm going to be a bit... So you bought full sugar? So, so I bought full sugar. Because got the full sugar. You're going to die, John. A little bit of arousal You always call me about go. dying. You're going you're gonna to die. Teepers, creepers. I have to say, my, my, my thoughts are going out to Brett Tingy right now. He's in, he's in hospital. What for? I knew he was in hospital. What's it for? Uh, do they, it seems like they can't figure it out, but oh, he's... It's pretty pretty severe. So it, I think I saw on Facebook earlier today that they might be getting a solution, but they had sent test to Australia. He's an he's mm. ICU, and it's like it's not good. Um, local triathlete, really good kind of seventeen point three, yeah, yeah, um, athlete. Um, so just our thoughts going out to you, Brent, and hopefully you can hear this when you get better. And just thinking of you, mate. So it's pretty important stuff. I am talk is proudly brought to you by Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. Exhale, so train, ex- train, exhale.com. And it's, an, it's a great way to, to geek out on your stats, John. That's yes. really what it is. And we've also got some patrons, John. Let's name a few. Scott the Sleek Chic Sheridan. We've got Craig the Time Lord McCarthy. Anthony the Force Lucas. We've got Adrian Grand Slam Maisie. And David Sweet Justice Sobel. Sweet Justice. Okay, John Bowen, this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a couple interviews today, John Bowen. We've got Rosie. Rosie, we're going to find out how to pronounce her surname. McGouch, I think it might be. McGeech, McGouch. She McGouch. won her age group, won the 40 to 44 women's age group. In oh, nice. Kinda. Sharp. It's very sharp, especially when it's your second iron, man. Oh, really? <laughs> that must rip everyone's undies around her age. She goes <laughs> to the local triathlon club. Oh, I'm thinking about doing a triathlon. And yeah. you win your world championship in your second race. Yeah. Jeepers, creepers. We might get a coach's corner. It depends on time. If we do, what's it going to be about? Uh, well, I had an email from a guy who's coming over on Camp Kiakaha next year. The wise and, person. Yeah, the wise person. And he's saying, well, I haven't really traveled outside America before. I'm not really sure how to get my bike over there. And it seems for a lot of us, it's going to be a bit of a dumb question, but it's actually, there's quite a bit that goes into it. So I thought I'd send him an email reply and I thought that might be a good topic for Coach's Corner. Okay. See how we go. There we go. Uh, it may or may not happen. Oh, <laughs> we have another interview. Hey, we've got time frames. Okay. You've got to drink that Coke, you know? Yeah. Time frames. Shut your gob and get on with it then. Well, I said second interview. Yeah, second interview. Mark Livesley is going to talk through uh, racing over in the China 70.3 last weekend. Well, and, and last list of questions. How did the, how, a couple of questions on John's life. Mm. How did the exam go? Because this is why we're late. We, it's nearly three in the afternoon. Yes, I had my exam this morning. It went 
pretty well. Harder than expected, but still think I did okay. What were the, was it C's get degrees or were you trying to do well? No, I won't do C's, no, no, no. Uh, I'd say at a ballpark estimate, sort of 75, 80% in the exam. Okay. Then I had a 90%er in my internal assessment, so what lab they? I don't know whether that'll work out. Maybe. Does it, does it, is it 50-50? So, uh, 40% for the internal assessment, 60% for the exam. So, so I'll be, think I'll be looking 84. at... 84. Yeah, something like that. Yep. 84.31. Yep. Torsten, check that out. Yep. Okay, um, we've got some news, Jombo, and uh, actually quite a bit of news happening. You've changed show notes since I did the show notes earlier this morning. But, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was trying to get ahead of time getting the website done. Uh. Oh, big piece of news, John. Yeah. New website. Yeah. We've got a new website. Yeah. You meant to kind of back us up there. Okay. We've finally updated our website. We're now currently responsive to design. we're doing a soft launch. Oh, we, we, it's not like we get a million hits a day, John. It's not like we're Facebook. That's we don't true. need to soft launch. Okay. We get a few hits a day, but not a million. So basically, now we have to big a big thanks to who? Uh, James Reed. James, the, what's what's, what, what's what's James the Feeler? James the Feeler Reed. Yeah. Nice work. James the Feeler Reed. He actually won the Kona trip. And he said, look, I can't make it work. I want to support you guys in what you're doing. So what I want you to do is the money that you would have given to Kona you can donate to what you want to do for the show so we invested in this new sound system which is why the sound shows, the show sounds so much better and we've also invested in a new website so if you go to www.iamtalk.me you're going to see everything that's on there John and it's pretty life changing isn't it it is so one of the key areas if you want to contribute to the show which we love you guys contributing and under contact us is a contribute to the show and then you can plug in your um, my first triathlon or age groupers of the week and I'll probably add a few other bits and pieces in there so keep the content coming in especially age groupers of the week we love that stuff and also under the gallery you'll be able to see uh, meet our patrons we've got all our I Am Talk patrons up there and if you click on the, the images it tells you a little bit about uh, the different patrons that have sent in pictures so uh, I've got all that sort of functionality we've got the store at the moment when we've uh, closed the store for the I Am Talk gear and just in general though it's just all looking Looking a lot better and just a bit easier. Were you happy with what around. I did with the video? The video, we spent maximum 10 minutes last week yep. um, doing a little video clip and I thought this is going to be crap, it's going to be rubbish, but Bevan's done a very good job, Thank you very especially much. given the time frame. I thought we can do we can do a lot better than this given, I mean, you did a great job. Yeah, well, also we should have used a tripod. It was so much hard work editing without it. We should have used a tripod, but it worked out well. One other thing, there's lots of things, check it out. Um, I don't know how to do Google Feed for people who are on Android. Like, I'm not sure what you guys are using for pod feeds because um, I'm such an Apple kind of geek. So I, on the Listen button, we've got Listen to This Week's Show, iTunes link, and RSS feed. And I imagine for a lot of those apps that are using Android apps, maybe RSS feed's the way to go. But if someone knows, because I had an email through from someone this week. Who was it? I've got it here in the show notes. Go from Andrew Misty Man, Mystery Man Weston. He's saying, we are on the Google Play Store, but it seems to be lots of episodes behind. And I have put the show in there, so I'm not quite sure what's happening there so if anyone has any idea of what happens in the android world maybe flick me an email so i can get on top of that and one other thing which was on the old website but wasn't very kind of prominent is we we do actually email the show out to everyone who's on our database so each week once i've released the show i then go onto our email database and email the show out so you know when it's getting released and i do that as soon as i've released the show so if you want to get the show emailed to you, basically go to the front page, go down to the bottom of the front page, and you just put your details in there. We don't spam. It's, it's purely just so we can let you know when the show's out. And then, yeah, check out the website. Very good. Okay, John, so news. So we had a few races happening over the weekend. Well, also, we are okay because we had lots oh, of people yeah, email us. Yeah. We had a big earthquake on was it uh, Sunday night, and the, all the news channels around the world seemed to pick it up. And reality is in Christchurch, it was that was bad. It really woke you up, but that's about the extent the of it. The thing about it in Christchurch was it was long. Yeah, it was very long. It wasn't long. the worst quake we've had. By, by country mile, it wasn't the worst quake. But 
but it went on. It seemed like it went for like two or three minutes. Yeah, it was fo- it was it was long. Certainly yeah. woke you up, but no no real damage in Christchurch. But there is parts of the South Island that's uh, really bad. Thankfully, there's only been two deaths, um, so we're okay. And, and also, just to all our Wellington listeners, because actually Wellington got hit a lot worse mm. than Christchurch, and I know we've got quite a few listeners in Wellington. So just hopefully you guys manage to get through it, because it's never a nice thing to go through. So, but also we've got to say. The amount of emails we got from people and just Facebook posts and stuff like that. Just thanks a lot, guys. It's really nice to know that you know you're thinking of us. So yes. thank you very much. This time we're thinking of the people embraced in, in Malaysia. Frederick Cronenberg took it out first time winning over there. He's had a couple of second places. So for first place, he takes home eight thousand dollars US. It's four thousand for second, three thousand for third. He uh, came home eight thirty nine twelve only. 33 seconds in front of Tiago Vinal from Brazil who was closing in on the run and Kato Tahara was third with the fastest run of the day on 2.57 but the conditions over there are just brutally hot so good close racing, you know, 8.39 for the win, um, 8.39 for second 8.43, 8.45, 8.47 so all very close stuff and we know with Malaysia it's just a brutal place to, to race especially on the run. This year they did have um a storm. I'm not sure if it hit while the, the, the pros were still racing, but it, it certainly cooled things down from the age groupers. And then on the girls' side of things, uh, Diana Reisler took it out third time in a row, which is bloody impressive, in 8.25. She swam 58, rode 5.01, and ran 3.21. Uh, Maureen Half was second from Germany, and Laura Siddle from Great Britain was in third place in 9.37. So... Nice work. Good to see Malaysia back on the radar and good to see Frederick Cronenberg taking out, I think it is his first victory over at an Ironman, full Ironman race. Nice. Did you do the girls? I was actually yes, looking I at did. the next piece. To the, oh, you did? Okay. Well done. Thanks. Diana. Yes. So it's just been Three-time winner. Well, well so I was actually just going a bit ahead of myself because Tim Hemming said us through. And actually on this week's show notes, Tim Hemming made an, a video about the All Blacks. Did you see that? Did I send it through to you? No. Oh, it's really good. Mm-hmm. He did an interview, interview of why the All Blacks are so successful. Um, and, you know, we did lose to the Irish a couple of weeks ago. Well done. But we're not the Australian cricket team, are we, John? We aren't. We aren't the Australian cricket team. What's There's happening Nothing with more me? gives me great pleasure in seeing the Australian cricket team getting thumped and the English rugby team getting thumped. Those are the two but teams. But the, the Pommy team's are actually pretty good at rugby right now. Mm, They've won know. 10 in a row. Yeah. If they beat a record, it'd do my head in. Mm. Yeah, but anyway... Tim did this really cool video about the All Blacks, so I'll put it on. Star Trek, Bevan, Star yeah, Trek. Yeah, I did get it on, you know, man, I'm easily distracted. But this week, Tim actually sent us to an article saying that, and it's actually kind of all the talk now, is that it's looking like, or that basically the IIOC is basically the leader of them. Who is that? Her uh, name Mar- is? Mar- no, the leader of ITU, I- Maria Casada, I think her name is. Uh, she did an interview with Tim, and he's and sort of indicated that, yes, they are looking at doing sprint distance triathlon for potentially for Tokyo. Um, and then, I mean, it's common knowledge they've been pushing for a long time to get the mixed relay in there. And I think it's it's um, it's going to happen sooner or later. Um, but I think the key criteria for them is then that they won't be able to have more athletes in the in the Olympics. So it'll be right. Uh, you can have you know at the moment it's fifty women, fifty men. But however you're going to do it, you can't increase your numbers. You might be able to do more events, but you can't have more athletes in there. So uh, it's going to looks like a, they want to go to a heat and a final sprint distance. Uh, so two heats, then the top 
I guess the top half of each field will go through. So you have 25 in each heat, and the top 25 or 24 or whatever go through to the final, I'm guessing. And uh, and then the same athletes that have been racing in the triathlon will then go on and race in the mixed relay in the same sort of format that we see in Hamburg. So uh, I think this is just a matter of time before it happens, whether it rolls around by Tokyo or not. Um, let's then, just wait and see. The decision needs to be made soon, doesn't it? Because what we're like, if let's say Tokyo happens, so you've got what, three years, mm-hmm. just under three years, or over three years. What would have to change about the circuit? A mush. You know, so doesn't every race become a sprint? Um, Does it kill Olympic distance? Yeah, I think Olympic distance is like, uh, for, for our Commonwealth na- uh, nations, is going to be like uh, one-day cricket. It's, uh, you know, everybody likes to see the, the 2020, which takes a few hours, and I think um, Olympic distance has got that real problem where it could be that sort of forgotten distance because uh, sprint's going to be, you know, the TV action and then halves and fulls are going to be more for the for the age groupers, and so I think Olympic, Olympic distance is, um, it's a purist, that's a, sort of the purest distance, but I think it's going to, might start to struggle a bit. Brownlee, Alistair Brownlee, he was, uh, someone sent through an article, actually I should give that person some love, good or, no, no. No, oh, and this was from someone else actually, but anyway, um, they're just saying, Brownlee said basically it's quicker and more dynamic than from a spectator point of view, but I've lost count of the number of people who have come up to me and said that it's the toughness of the event that appeals, it would be a real shame to lose that. Hmm. But it's, it's happening, isn't it? Oh, it's happening, it's coming. Would you, would, would you wait, prefer for it to be after Tokyo or before Tokyo? Oh, I don't care, I just want to see better action. Okay, hmm. and you think better action sprint? I do. What does that change in the race? Who's, who's going to who benefits from this? Uh, it's gonna, only going to. I think you get the most of the same guys still winning, but it'll change a little bit. So your Brownleys move from being the dominant players to being fairly instead of being incredibly dominant, dominant they move to being part of the dominant group. So then it really comes down to them plus Mola plus Murray plus a few others. So it's the same bunch of athletes, but the Brownleys, I think, uh, it evens the playing field. So uh, I think for the purists, uh, the, the Olympic distance is fantastic, but I think um, the sprint is going to be more spectator-friendly and going to bring more eyeballs to the sport. How does it change the racing dynamic? Like if we look at, I'm not much, you know, not that great with Olympic distance kind of knowledge. So when we look at the Olympic distance, if you're kind of behind the swim, it kind of can be dead game over pretty much. Mm. Um, so does in a sprint, can you get away with that a bit more? Well, like, if, if there's two factors going on, it's firstly, if they go to heat and final, then if you only have 25 people in the race, then it can go, then it, it's just a bit more dynamic you know it could be that Richard Murray can then ride up by himself really quickly and Mm. get up to the lead group and maybe the Brownleys don't have people to work with not that they often need let's just forget about the Brownleys but let's just say it's somebody else up front you know say like an an Aaron Royal or somebody like that Um, I think there's more opportunity for two or three people to get away and stay away and it just might spread things out a little bit more you won't have that big pack or it could turn the complete opposite way where you have the crappy swimmers four of them getting together and they're just able to ride straight up to front because the front group is not as big so I think it, it has the potential to for people to get away or catch up a bit more does it become more about the run now and a sprint yeah yeah I think it does yeah hmm. it'll be interesting to see well, I, I really really hope they get the teams yeah well, I think they, everybody hopes that yeah, yeah like I think that would be really a really fun dynamic and it's in the Commonwealth Games I had it and it was just such a great race mm. it was all over the place eh? and it's just really cool to actually have a race that's a bit different in that front okay we had a couple of 70.3s over the weekend so we're going to talk to Mark Livesey a little bit uh, down the track in terms of they had a 70.3 in China I was intrigued to see how many people actually rock up to this race they had 1,672 Oops. athletes on the on the, the, f- the finishes well not the finishes list but on the, the database on Ironman 
points. That's a pretty good sized field. Mm. Don't know how many finishes they had, but I mean, uh, it's it's bigger than a lot of other 70.3s around the world. Um, so nice work over there, China. And, and as you're going to hear from Mark later on, he just said it was a, a fantastic race. We had uh, Josh Amberger spike them on the bike and uh, take it out by a couple of minutes over Tim Don and Justin Metzler. I was intrigued to see where the first Chinese finisher was, which was uh, Ping Ching Li, who actually did really well, finished in 16th place. Uh, and I he would be he's an age grouper, not a pro. So nice work by him. And on the girls' side of things, whoops, a Daisy, we had. Are you noticing the speed of the new computer? Is it way faster? No, not really. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't really. I don't know. You notice those things like I don't. Yeah. People say, oh, you're going to be amazed by the screen quality. I'm like, it's, it's a screen. It works. Because yeah. he had uh, a 1930s screen. That's why. Jenny <laughs> Seymour took out the girls' race from Sarah Pampiano and Lisa Roberts. Okay, and we also had Challenge Shepparton. We did indeed, and we had uh, Elsie Salthouse take that out. So over in Australia, we had Elsie Salthouse take out the girls' race, and who was it? It's coming up right now. Full results. Let's see if I can remember. I think it was Dan Wilson took out the come guys' on, race. Come on, Dan. You can do yes, it. Yes, it was. Yes, Dan Wilson took talented. out the boys' race. Uh, three hours, 50 minutes by five minutes. Nice work. Okay, so if we're looking ahead to this weekend, we've got a big race, and a few names have been chopped off the list, but we have Ironman Arizona, and this is traditionally the race where a lot of people who maybe didn't have a great Kona, turn up and try to get some early points in the season. And if we look at the names here, it's a pretty good field for this time of the year, isn't it? It's a great field. So unfortunately, Sebastian Kenlay's uh, pulled out. So I guess you look at it two ways. As you said, guys who've had shitty Konas or guys that have had uh, guys and girls have had good Konas and they just want to tick the box in yeah, terms true. of getting yep. to next year so um, scratchings from the race uh, Sebastian Keenley, Ben Hoffman uh, and Nico Lanos um, but we still have a really good strong field with Brent McMahon predicted by Torsten to come in first by 14 minutes Walza 8.01.45 Lionel Sanders who actually won the race last year is not predicted to come until 8 hours 15 whereas last year he took it out in 7 hours and 58 so somewhere along the way I know he didn't have a great a great Kona but a few of his results must have skewed his time out a little bit but you'd really expect him to be uh, storming through the field Uh, you've also got TJ Tolson, Joe Gambles uh, come on Pete Jacobs let's get back in the game Um, Pierre Bittner, um, Tom Skulak there was another name on Jens Fromhold in there Leon Griffin, uh, so really good strong field Jordan Bryden who's the designer at uh, World Triathlon store designed our I Am Talk kit. Did he, did he really? Yeah. So guy's he, a rock star. So he is. even his t-shirt on right now. Predicted to come in eight fifty-seven fifty-seven. So we look at the field, John. We've got fifty pros. That's great. That is pretty good. Now, really, some of the times you kind of are a bit questionable when we look at Thorsten's ratings, but still, fifty pros, and and it's a good quality field. Mm-hmm. Which and is really good. And even the girls' side, we've got about 25, you got, 30. You've got five big hitters in the girls. You've got Meredith Kessler, who will be looking to redeem Kona, um, where it was a bit of a debacle. Angela Nath, uh, Yvonne Van Vlerken, Michelle Vesterby, and Leander Cave. So you've got three, and Kelly four Williamson. big hitters. Yeah, we've got five big hitters and a few other pretty solid athletes. So should be good racing. Meredith Kessler's predicted to come in first. She took it out last year with an incredibly impressive race. Uh, she took it out in eight hours, 44 last year. If you look at if you look at the times over there, has the course changed, John? It's it's um it's reasonably susceptible to wind. So because like if we go back in two thousand and five, it's eight of twenty five, then it goes eight twenty, eight twenty one, eight thirty four. 8.13, So either there's been a change in the course, or there's been that much of a progress. You know, the guys have got twenty five minutes faster in the last ten years. Hmm. 
I don't know the answer, but I do know that it is susceptible to wind and that affects the bike times quite a bit. Mm. Oh, good luck to everyone racing Ironman Arizona. I'm sure we've got quite a few listeners doing that, so good luck to those people. Uh, Jumbo Challenge, you have announced your bonus prize money for the European Championship, and uh, pretty good stuff. It's pretty significant. It's $140,000 um, spread between males and females, and what you basically do is you go through and you race however many challenge races you want to. You can count up to five, of which two can be um, iron distance races, and whoever's got the most points at the end of the series takes Two home. must be or can be? Can be. So you can do five seventy point threes and that counts? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's a nice little bonus. Um, first place was 6,000 euros, second uh, 3,900, and it rolls down to sort of seventh is 1,000 and eighth is 750. So it was just a nice little... Um, are you sure it's that much? I thought no. it was more. Chris, Chris sorry, Fritcher got 25,000 euros. Sorry, I'm looking at that. So 25,000, 17,000 for second, 13, 10, 5. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's very good. Yeah, because you've obviously done well in races as well. Mm-hmm. So it's probably it's a really good payday for you. The money it? I was reading out there was uh, for the full distance races, half distance races. They have three thousand five hundred, and it drops down to five hundred for sixth. So I would say it's it's a fantastic initiative. It hasn't really drawn many of the big hitters in terms of like your Kona standard athletes, but you know it's unrealistic to think that they're going to be doing five challenge races if they're a sort of a serious mm. uh, Kona contender. But it's a great reward for those sort of second tier athletes that want to, they're not going down the Kona path and they want to look at some other avenues to, to get some money, support races so they have good strong fields. Um, so nice work. Yeah, Chris Fisher, as Bevan said, took it out. Grant Jan Raphael and uh, Guialo, I should have finished it second, shouldn't I? Uh, Guialo <laughs> Molinari from Italy was in third. On the girls' side of things, uh, Mirjam Weird from Netherlands took it out from Yvonne van Vlerken and Erica Chelmore in third place. Yeah, so like, as, as you said, third place, extra 13,000 euros. There's not many races in the world you can win 13,000 euros at. I know you've got to do five races, but that's... Um, Still take it, eh? That'd be, that'd be a mo- if I was a second-tier pro, that'd be a motivator for me. Well, and it, it's good because it makes those challenge races always have a pretty decent profile, doesn't it? Because you are going to get people of your level in your mm-hmm. peak time who'd go, you know what, I can work around I here. I was second tier. I was fourth or fifth well, tier. I was yeah. saying, if I was second yeah. tier. Uh, you know, I thought you were first tier, John. Uh, okay, another piece of news we've got. So we've got a 24-hour record. So is this a cycling record, is it? It's a cycling race. Okay, so it's a cycling race. How far, is it, how far you can go, is it? Or is it a... Uh, I think it? I, I, it was just a bit of random. I just saw Training Peaks randomly um, pop this up. It was a twenty-four World 24-hour championships, and this dude, Christopher Strauser. So he rides 875 kilometers. And normalized power, 256 watts. Oh, that's pretty impressive over that time frame, isn't that's it? That's pretty, an average speed of 37 kilometers per hour. No way. Oh, but they're being packs. Whatever they are, that's still... Uh, that's a pretty, that's pretty impressive time. Mm. For 24 hours. Yeah, so if you want to find out more about that, go to trainingpeaks.com. It was uh, just a little random thing I thought I'd chuck in there. Oh, nice work. Um, okay, Uberman. Yes. Well, epic, John. We talked to the, this dude uh, earlier in the year, and so they did this crazy Uberman challenge. You can go to uberman1.com. They only had uh, only a handful of them did it, but one dude finished from Italy. It took him 190 hours and 49 minutes. <laughs> and uh, it was so what was it it was uh, no 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 lottery no sponsors no bull the you the 556 miles goes from the mists of Avalon to the snow peaks of Mount Whitney starting on Catalina Island participants swim 21 miles in the Pacific Ocean to the shores of Palos Verdes the 400 mile bike route 
leaves the City of Angels and climbs 20,000 vertical feet before descending to Badwater Basin, 200 feet below sea level, and then from there you run the 130 mile, 135 miles through De uh, Death Valley before ascending 13,000 feet to the trailhead at Mount Whitney, the highest peak in continental United States. Go to Uman one if you want to. I've got a new idea for, a, for an Ironman race, John. Go for it. You turn up. Did you, have you watched that Badwater Marathon yet? The what? The Badwater Marathon. I haven't watched, but I know what it is. Oh, it's a pretty great doco. Very yeah. good doco on, on Netflix if you've got Netflix. But uh, So you don't really know the run. That's the key of it. So I've got a new Ironman distance race, John. Yeah. You start somewhere kind of maybe kind of by Sumner. You just swim across to, to New Brighton. Good luck. Good luck. And you've got to get to the mountain, but there's no maps. So it's you, you just go, you go. So you're not allowed the route. So every year it changes. But you basically say you point to that mountain. You say there's the finish. Really where right? you go? Yeah. And and then that's it. That's my race. It's called adventure racing, Bevan. <laughs> no, but you do it as a triathlon. So you got to swim across the sea. Mm -hmm. Then you and you have to bike to a certain point, and then you got to drop your bike at a certain point, and then you jump on and, and see you later. That's my new race. That's called adventure racing. <laughs> <laughs> it's already been invented. Sorry. No, because it's not like you use a compass. Yeah. You just use a line of sight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we could do it to my house. Right here. Here's Bevan's house. Yeah. Where you go. Yeah. So it's starting next year, guys. Uh, April the first. Okay. See that? Yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> Gotta say, just on our because we're doing discussion on the weekend second. Good old Justin Hunt's got his eye and talk juicy on 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 the photo there. Nice top, Justin Hunt. And I uh, gotta say, the boy's looking sharp. Looking cold. He's got a little neck warmer on there. His full length gloves. Oh, he's looking sharp, John. Yes. Looking sharp. Okay, last week's discussion, best discussion of all time. Uh, the discussion was. was I, I was It was disappointing. Uh, funny guy <laughs> Although I noticed That you didn't put This week's discussion Last week's on this week I know I was in a rush Well do you want me to do it Because I put that In the show notes Okay Okay So anyway Last week's discussion What's the most disappointing Moment in your triathlon career And we don't want to hear Some redemption story We don't want to hear Oh I was down on my, on my knees And I got up and won the thing We want to hear You sucked Lee Thomas, Ironman New Zealand 2012. It was my one and done. Due to weather on the Saturday, Civil Defence cancelled the event. The organisers were good enough to organise a 70.3 the following day. I now have this monkey on my back. I was there. I was race fit and I missed it. I'm not sure when I can next commit to the training involved for a full. Someday I'll have to shake this monkey off my back. And that get does it done. suck. Yes. Those people who have done those races, Kieran and Curry's got Karen. Sorry, well, it's not really my own story; it's my nephew's story. But having done trained to do his first triathlon and coming from a weak swim background, he was nervous about the open water swim. He felt that if he could get through the swim, he would manage the rest of it. As it happened, he had a great swim, coming out in the top half of the field. That's pretty good. Straight into T1, big smile on his face, and punching the air with delight, he got through it. Off with the wetsuit and away like a bad. Like a bed out, a bed out of hell on the bike. He's meant to put there. Hit uh, a small incline after 500 meters on the bike. Stomped onto the pedals to get over it, and bam! His chain breaks. Race over. Had to walk back to transition. Felt really sorry for him. Quick mention: Irish rugby. Well done, Irish rugby. Gary Fegan, I passed out at Ironman France with 200 metres to go with heat stroke and within sight of the finish. Oh, that is gold. The DNF I can live with, the almost weekly finishes t-shirt pictures from Adam Bardsley is getting <laughs> somewhat tiring after four years. <laughs> that is absolutely. 200 metres from the end. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty painful. At least the kill days got, I did uh, quad triathlon, quad triathlon in Singapore, 10, 10, 10, swim, roller, bait, bike, run. Can you nice. roll, mate? Uh, I've never tried. 
I hadn't rollerbladed in 10 years and had to have a volunteer help to put them on in T1. I was in second place out of the water, dead last after struggling on the rollerblade in the 12Ks. There were kids and aunties passing me on the East Coast Trail. There were a bunch of fools and grabbing onto strollers or two, finishing the rollerblading. I was bruised, but I rallied during the bike and run. Missed the podium for fourth place, and I was so unprepared and didn't even take out the new blades that until that morning. So always practice. There's a lesson in that. Uh, Carl Trout, the time I opted not to race and instead attended a marriage building seminar with an, <laughs> That's a gold with an ex-girlfriend and then found out there was a strong possibility I would have been on the podium. Oh, that's gold. Did he, did, did he end up with her? No, it's his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, no, but, oh, so, okay. So no longer an item. Well, if it was a marriage, it was his ex-wife. She doesn't even deserve that. Uh, Richard Swan, mine was suffering a huge meltdown in the Sufferfest at 1909. 1905. Kona on the bike leg. I then endured the last nightmare of suffering for four years only to qualify in 2013 where I proceeded to suffer an even bigger meltdown on the bike. (laughs) That's gold. Uh, Michael Turner brought a 5mm wetsuit for my first ever triathlon. It was a surf wedding and the boys wore um, the, the boys wore when surfing in winter in Victoria. Fifty bucks. I thought, what a deal. Anyway, I had no idea about triathlon wetsuits. Dived in though, and how easy is this bobbing around on top of the water? Anyway, about two hundred meters into the eight hundred meter swim, I could hardly get my arms over. Managed to backstroke, breaststroke, side stroke into T one. Ran out with about two people behind me, feeling as big as Arnold and then couldn't reach around to grab my zipper to get it off to say I was slightly disappointed would be an understatement and proceeded to have the piss pulled out of me for the next six months this is a couple of quick ones Ed Hawkins unfortunately fractured his back last May in a meaningless sprint race so just feel for him because he hasn't been able to race since but Pete Colson I still can't talk about this in full details but it involved sleeping for 45 minutes at the exit of the energy lab made the NBC's coverage Still finished. Rubbish time. And then Simon Lund. Here we go. Raced into T1. Forgot my helmet. <sighs> Gutted. So there we go, guys. What's your most disappointing? I've got no disappointing story. Bevan, have you got a disappointing you story? You must have one disappointing oh, well, story. Okay. When um, you're really gutted, like you're really like you were hoping. I just move on. No, but you, I was, you must have. So I was disappointed. Uh, what was it? What about Kona? Were you Kona? Were you disappointed in Kona? Um, I don't know what words I'd use to describe that. Frustrated. It kind of sits in a disappointing realm. Yeah. Will you tell us your disappointed story, Bevan? So he's banging on no, to get me one. No, and he's well, but mine wasn't my fault. Because I, I did the Coast to Coast as a team's event. Mm-hmm. And day one, the guy did a bike. He, he, you know, you get a, you can pack ride that, so it wasn't a problem. Mm-hmm. And this was before I was an athlete. And I did the run. And I think I got fifth in the run. And like mm-hmm. I, was, I, I had no idea I could run like that. Mm-hmm. So I was over the moon. I was pretty stoked. And I was thinking, we're going to put a top 10 in the Coast to Coast and the rest of it. Mm-hmm. The guy didn't finish a kayak. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And he and he kind of gave up, and he lost his paddle. I, I think what happened was, he was just a recreational guy, mm. and I, like as much as I didn't know I was an athlete, I was pretty fit because I worked at the gym, and I think in day two he went crazy because he thought the pressure was on, <laughs> and he blew up, and yeah. then he lost his paddle, yeah. and so he's oh, I lost my paddle, I had to pull out, and then he told me later oh, I had a spare paddle in the boat, but didn't want to, didn't want to lose it, uh. <laughs> pack it up. <laughs> so I was I, I remember because I wrote a journal every night, and you go to that day in my journal, it just has a big. Disappointed right across the page. Disappointed. So there was definition of disappointed. There we go. I was disappointed when I when I went the wrong way at the New Zealand secondary schools. Oh, that'd be disappointing. Secondary schools triathlon was my second ever triathlon. Did you cry? And I went the wrong way, but I did beat Rick Wells' bike course record. Oh, because you went the, <laughs> the, the wrong way. I was first off the bike. 
That was disappointing. Did you know you'd been the record before you found out you cheated? No, I had no clue what I was doing. It was my second triathlon. I didn't even have a clue what I was doing. There we go. Okay, so the discussion you had last week was, as a sub-10-hour f- an Ironman for a female, the equivalent of a sub-9-hour Ironman for a male? Because Bevan and I harp on, and because we're sort of at that level, you know, it is well, all about sub-nine. Sub mm. And But I guess, you know, for girls, the sub-10, if, you, if you're kind of in that realm, or if you look up to people, do you think sub-10... Is talked about in the same way or sort of revered as like oh, if you're sub 10 if you're a girl you are the business or is it better then well, like is a sub 10 for a girl better than a sub 9 for a men that's part of the question and if not what is the better time difference mm. so you maybe you say you know what actually a 10 and a half is the equivalent of a guy doing a nine and a half mm. or nine sorry so basically the question is what is the equivalent of a nine sub hour nine for a guy to a girl's is it 10 or is mm. there a difference there that's a really great discussion, John. Fantastic. Fan flipping testic. Okay, John, but we've got an interview coming up. We have indeed. Oh, no, sponsor. You haven't put sponsors in here, John. Oh, we've got to do that. Take a pause. Oh, take a pause. We've got pause on this. Watch this pause. Sponsor. Athlinks.com. Yes. Go check out their, uh, not their Athlinks page, their Facebook page. Yeah, if you well, want to go to Colorado, they've got the best apres spots in Colorado. What's an apres spot, John? After. Après, oh, after in French. Yeah, yeah. Best holiday themed events in and around Denver. Oh, nice. Keeping that Colorado theme. While well, you need to change or replace your race preparation, part two, low carb running, John. Ooh, we like low carb running. John likes low carb running. Well, I'm not going to be doing low carb cycling shortly. But yeah, I reckon Mr. Hypocrite over here got a can of sugar in front of me. Yeah. Uh, then we've also got learn, run, learn, repeat. I'm falling in love with running just to run. It's a really good thing, actually. Just running for running's sake. My God, Peter Kostelnik on track to break the record for running across America. Oh, let's look at this one. Okay, so what do you reckon? How long do you reckon they'll take him? Have a prediction. Don't look at it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Eighty days? No, well off. Mm. Lower. Okay, sixty days, fifty days, forty days. Forty-four. The guy, the guy started swimming across the Atlantic yesterday or today. How long is that going to take him? He's going to do four hours in the morning, four hours in the afternoon, and it was going to take him... But would he use a cage? It didn't say anything about a cage. Uh, and it was, well, how long was it going to take he him? He had to use a wetsuit. No, he was, well, he was wearing togs. Uh, it was 120 days. I thought it was, it was pretty long. So eight hours a day for 120 days. Mm. Which is not that... If you were swimming continuously, anyway. Oh, you, so you think it's weak, dear? I don't think it's weak. But I'm thinking these challenges are usually sort of more continuous challenges without really a break. Running across the mirror, because what's the Rams about seven days, isn't it? I think it's a little longer than that, I think, but I could be wrong. Okay. Well, 44 days is the current record. This guy's trying to beat it. And that's what's cool when you are on Athlinks. Make sure you like the page because they have some really cool kind of articles like this. Like this is a, and, and the good thing about it is it's Athlinks blog. So it's not like they're just doing what everyone else does on Facebook. It's just going bloody link to everyone else. It's mm. actually content they're creating themselves. And they've got some really good content on their website nowadays. So if you are on Facebook, let's be honest, we pretty much all are, um, go in there and just check it. Make sure you like the Athlinks page and that way you're on your news feed, you'll get some really good stories. 44 days to run across America. Or otherwise, just go to blog.athlinks.com. Just check it all out, athlinks.com. Athlinks.com. If you aren't on it, get on it. Okay, John, interview. We have. And we'll just go straight into it. Oh, you don't want to say the name? We can do that in the intro. Okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Can you remember how I say it, John? Yes, I can. Okay, so we had an interview from, no, we had a, an email in from Anley Schindler, and he said, can you, his subject was, can you interview? And then he had a couple of requests, and one of them was Rosie McGeoch, 
got that right. Didn't yeah, I? you nailed it out of the park. <laughs> and, and I thought, who the, who the hell is she? And then uh, proceeded to have a look into look into her, and she took out the woman's 40 to 49 age group in Kona. So she must be the business when it comes to racing over, over there. So well done, Rosie, and uh, welcome along to the show. Thanks, John. Thanks, Bevan. Um, tell us, you know, what, what was your, your path to getting um, to, to taking out the, the 40 to 44 age group in Kona? How, how did you get there and um, what was the journey like? Um, well, the journey was, well, I guess my qualifying race was um, Ironman Australia at Port Macquarie. Um, and that was my first ever Ironman. So um, that was pretty exciting to, to win there. And um, and the the whole journey to, to that um, race in, in itself was really exciting. I guess um, uh, doing my first Ironman, there's a whole um, world of firsts you do the first time you ride a certain distance, the first time you do an eight-hour brick session, all of those sorts of things. And doing it with a big bunch of people as well from my squad was fantastic. So I had a really good preparation for that race, no, no sickness or any injury and um had a really good race there and um you know i obviously won that and thought this ironman thing's not too hard amazing at kona i well i did execute a good race i actually thought it wasn't that difficult my view of um ironman after ironman australia was this is easier than olympic distance racing but i actually um refined my views on that after i went and raced in hawaii which was obviously a completely um, different ball games. So, yeah, so one, one race to qualify and then, um, just turned around and started, um, training again on a pretty similar sort of program and just got there and, and, and did the race. So, um, a potted version. Can I ask, what was your pedigree before this? You know, you know, like, cause you, you obviously, well, what kind of triathlon history did you have before this? And when you went to do Ironman Australia, was qualifying something you actually were trying to aim for, or were you just thinking, oh, I'm just going to have my Ironman? Or like, and what, you know, give us your history before that race and tell us yep. maybe what the goal was for that race. Okay, so my history before um, the Ironman, um, I picked up triathlon, um, I think it was around two, 2011, so it was about 35 when I started in the sport and like um, a lot of people, I got into it because I was injured and um, was told all I could do was swim and, and bike by the sports doctor, at which point I burst into tears and said, I hate swimming and I hate riding. <laughs> and um, obviously the rest is history. But um, I, yeah, I wasn't really a swimmer, a cyclist or a runner, um, not in primary school or in high school. I just loved playing netball but generally had an interest in being fit. Um, I got injured through netball and then started back doing some swimming and bought a bike. Uh, but it actually took me a few years to really get involved in the sport. I think I maybe did one triathlon a year for a couple of years and then decided I'd do a sprint distance try. And like a lot of people doing that first triathlon, you get um, you know pretty pretty excited by the result. Uh, by challenging yourself and then I joined a squad I think it would have been in 2011 and then started training um, more and racing more then so it's probably around then I could say I've officially started the sport and I, I stuck to sprint and Olympic distance racing I, I found out in 
2012 that I had hip problems. I've got hip dysplasia and I was told, never do an Ironman. It's the worst thing you can possibly do um, for your body and you'll end up needing a hip replacement. But like most triathletes, I ignored that advice. And then, you know, a few years later decided to sign up for the race because I really wanted... Um, I really wanted that experience, the new challenge, I guess, because, you know, racing Olympic distance and the odds 70.3, um, you know, I didn't provide that much of a, a challenge anymore. So, um, so yeah, I guess that's my background, mainly um, Olympic distance racing. Um, and what was the second part of the question? Well, were you, were you going to Australia with the idea of trying to get to Kona? Oh, right, yes. Um not initially because I'd had hip surgery last year and I wasn't even sure whether my body would be able to manage the volume of running that I would have to do. Um, I wasn't sure whether it'd stand up to it, but fortunately, um, as I was going through the training, it did and I, I did go there hoping to have a successful race and, and, and win and, and qualify, but that wasn't certainly my view when I when I entered. It, that sort of came into the picture you know, as the training progressed and I started to be able to deal with the, the load a bit better. Yeah. And, um, people are always intrigued, you know, a lot of the top age groupers, whether they be guys or girls, they've got, um, you know, fairly flexible situations or, you know, what's your sort of, your home life like and, and work and so on? Okay. So I get, well, I work for the government, so I'm not working extremely long hours. I'm sort of at work from um, like eight to five, 30 so five days a week so I um and I do have quite a, a busy job so getting all of the training is in is an exercise in logistics I don't have children I think that makes it infinitely easier for me um and the other thing that makes it easy is my partner is also my triathlon coach so when he's getting up going to work I go with him so um, that makes things a lot easier um, and he um, he'll appreciate this when he listens to it he certainly picks up a lot of the slack at home <laughs> um, <laughs> so he he does a lot to and particularly when I was training for the Ironman I think it's so it's really demanding of your time and you, you need to have su supportive partners at home that can pick up some of that slack and he certainly um, did that for me so I guess it's it's just being really planned in in what it's doing and having good good support around me that enabled me to do the, the necessary training. And, and so maybe just run us through you know what a what a typical training week for for you is in terms of uh, you know say in the, the main part of your build up to Kona. Um, so generally the training would be three three um, swims which would be four to four and a half k. Um, three to four rides um, and the, the, the ride on the Saturday would generally be a long one so um, that would range anywhere between 130 to 180 uh, kilometres and, and then running really like 90 minutes twice a week during the week and then on, on a Sunday I'd have a long run the longest ever was three hours so I probably did a couple of those or alternatively, Sunday were the brick sessions and some of those were six, seven and, and eight hours in duration. And they were, the, they were the sessions that really prepared me, I think, well for the, the races because there's only so much you can do during the week. Probably, you know, two hours before work and maybe 90 minutes after work and that would be it top. So 
a lot of the, the work was really done on Saturday and Sunday. When you think about yourself as a training kind of athlete, what are the some of the things that you identify that make you successful as a trainer, not just as a competitor on race day, but it makes and when I'm actually out there training, are you, are you a geek? You, you love your numbers, or is it more of a feel thing, or is it just that you're really disciplined? Like, what would you put down uh, the attributes that allow you to train so well? Um, we're certainly not a numbers geek. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely train and race to feel. I don't have power meters or anything like that. Um, certainly, discipline is is one thing. Um, I'd say keeping it simple. I have a coach who gives, as, as you know, my partner, but he gives me a program um, every week and I turn up and I do every single session exactly how he tells me to do it. So I think, yeah, listening to your coach and following what they say, certainly, um, you know, I think what, what's a, a secret to my success um, is just executing executing every single session over a sustained period of time, not missing sessions, making sure that I'm getting enough sleep and maintaining um, my body to the point where I don't get sick, I don't get injured, and I am able to execute um, those sessions. And I think that, yeah, what it comes down to at the end of the day is just being able to turn up day after day, um, doing what's expected and and I certainly can't sneak away and do those um, extra sessions that <laughs> True. people often try and do that coaches hate because they, you know, often interfere with the coaching program. I can't do that. I'd be found out anyway. So, um, yeah, I think it's just sticking to the plan. And and um, in terms of racing and Kona, you know, I, I bitch and moan, especially this year, about the, the drafting amongst the guys. Um, what's it like for you girls, so that you know, especially you front of the pack girls, you, you're gonna, I'd imagine, you've got to be riding through quite a lot of guys. Um, what's it like for you out there on the course? Um, trying, trying to um, navigate all the people. It, it actually, yeah. It probably was what was sorry was one of the more challenging races in that regard that I've been in because the last thing you want to do is get get caught drafting and as a strong cyclist I pride myself on not needing to draft so it can get quite um, frustrating at, at um, times but it was a bit like froggy you're darting in and darting out and. Um, and, and um, I guess there's a fair bit of surging associated with that. It, it, it was it was difficult, um, and I think I think um, not only the front of pack women, but I think everyone was really experiencing that on the day. Um, and really, you just have to do the best you can in in the situation you find yourself in, and and try and move out of the draft zone, and you know, just make the best of the situation. I guess. And, and now you've been to the top, you know, you've gone over there and you've gone straight to the top. What's the motivation now to, to go back? Is this, I mean, it's been, what, a, a month and a month and a bit. You know, where, where's your motivation and what are your sort of goals going forward? Um, well, I can go back, but I've oh, just yes. decided not to. Um, and, I, I, I mean, one reason would be just um, I needed two cortisone injections to actually get there to do the training. So... I don't really want to put my hips through it all again, but also um, quite keen to preserve that experience as it, as it was mm -hmm. my first trip there and a, and a win. So, um, 
at the moment, well, this season coming up, we're sort of at the beginning of the season, um, it, it'll be quite a quiet one. I'm planning to get married next year, so I promised that when I got back from Kona, I'd focus on a wedding rather than triathlon um, and training. But I am hoping to get to the um, Cairns 70.3. I've, I've never won the 70.3 race, so I thought I'd, I'd give that a go. Um, but I'm not, I'm not entirely sure you know, beyond that, what, what I want to do. And I, I have um, contemplated doing some cycling, so I might just explore that as an, an avenue, but certainly not um, pursuing Ironman racing as a regular thing just because of my, my problems <laughs> with my hips, I guess. Can I ask, you know, like, and, and I don't mean this in a, in, a, well, not in a negative way, but like, what's it like for the ego to win the World Championship? What, what's it like for the ego? Yeah, you know, because it's like, you know, like we get so much reward from doing this sport and then if we do well in the sport, it's, a, it's pretty kind of a, a bit of a buzz. And so what's it like when you actually win, you know, you're the best in the world at your age group at the sport? You know, like does that something, what's that like? Um, it doesn't actually, it doesn't actually feel real. And, um, you know, sometimes it's hard to, to believe that's the case. Like a, a lot of women, we tend to have what's, called imposter syndrome mm. and I think oh well it was just because no one else on the day turned up who was faster so you know I'm under no illusions there'd be other people that could have probably turned up the day on the day and been faster than me um, so I, I don't put too much emphasis on it and in some ways a little bit embarrassed by it when people bring it up it's just I don't know maybe I'm downplaying it a bit but it just it yeah, I know it was exciting at, at, at the time, but I don't, I don't think it's the the be all and end all. And I really think there are you know a lot of amazing athletes out there, and I was very fortunate on the day to be the fastest woman in my age group. Did, did you know you had it? What stage did you know you had it? Sorry, when did you know you had it? Like in the race? I, I think when I ran down the hill and was at the corner of Uncle Billy's. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know whether this is five hundred meters from the end. And I turned around and looked up the hill and I couldn't see any women, so I went, oh, okay, now now I can relax. <laughs> but, um, I, I, I knew I was – someone had told me I was in the lead and I um, was watching these women who seemed to be running a lot faster than me um, running me down. I thought, oh, it's probably only a matter of time. I hope I can hold them off. And, and um, yeah, it was probably only until about 500 metres from the end I was able to breathe easy. Is it true you qualified, you did a time that would qualify for the Boston Marathon? Oh, I think so, but... Um, it's pretty good. I think everyone who finished within a certain time at Kona qualified for that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, now, we've got to give, before we finish, we've got to give a plug for your um, your fiancé, who's obviously your coach as well. Is, uh, is it yeah. a coaching business or anything like that? And, and whereabouts are you guys based? Um, yes, it's Red Dog Triathlon Training, so we're based in um, Brisbane. Very nice. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, we better let you get back to your uh, your day job, so thank you very much for your time and fantastic effort over in Kona. Yeah, You're what a the same age group as me. And you, and, uh, and did she beat your time, John? What, what was your time in Kona? Oh, uh, um, 10 hours 19. What did you do last time? beaten me in the previous year. Yeah, no, no I, was, uh, I was having some fun out there on the Queen K. Yeah. Um, fantastic achievement. Yeah, winning your age group is awesome, especially oh, yeah. when it's your uh, second only Ironman. So uh, 
well done and uh, good luck with the career ahead wherever it might take you. Okay, thanks very much. Awesome, man. Thanks for your time. Okay. We've, got, we've got a minute to kill, so I'm going to do my first try. Go for it. My first try. Ryan Doherty. I am from Scotland and embarked on an Ironman journey in April. I decided to book an Ironman Morocco, having never completed a triathlon before. I trained, completed an Ironman Morocco in the first six months, did my first sprint try in May, and listened to my podcast and my training on the way. There we go. Fantastic. He's shared his journey with us, John. He was the first person to do that on our new website. Oh, is That's that what it was? That's feature today. So did it come to me, did it? No. Oh, I got that email as well. I've, I've got it all under control. Oh, maybe huh. it does. I don't know. I've got it all under control. There we go. Well done, Ryan. And we've got an interview with Mark from Exhale. He's going to tell us all about the racing in China last weekend. And uh, it sounded like a great race. I'm always intrigued to go. I've never raced in China. In fact, I kind of haven't even really been to China. Been across the border. I have. I've been into Guangzhou, but that was just like a cross across the border. Come back again. Why did you do that? Was it to get out of Hong Kong so you could redo your visa? Yep. It was a bit of a stressful stressful day. (laughs) We've got a minute. Tell the story. Well, no, it wasn't. Hong Kong wasn't super legit, and I was sort of having to go across. And when you're in communist China, and there's lots of guards everywhere, oh, yeah. if I don't get back in, I don't know what's going to happen. I had two passports. And oh, you were like pass, a swapping passport each time that I came in and out, and uh, yeah, it was a little bit stressful. So when you got back to Hong Kong, relief. Yeah, yeah. Once you're on the boat, no, there was a train to the Guangzhou. Anyway, how old were you then? Twenty. Years ago, in the twenty, in the twenties, it was years ago. Yeah. Anyway, I've got Mark from Mark from Exhale. If you want to check out the Exhale sort of platform and software that he talks about, go to trainexhale.com. We'll have a link on imtalk.me. Um, but it's basically you can go there, upload all your training information, overlay different races as you're going to hear Mark talking about, sort of comparing Quite a good idea, isn't it? Uh, comparing your efforts. So yeah, check it out, trainexhale.com. Okay, here is Mark. Righty, hi guys. Um, we've got a raving reporter, a ro- raving, a roving, raving, <laughs> roving, roving reporter all the way from China, where Skype does actually work, which is uh, which is fantastic. Mark Livesley joins us here. He raced over there at the weekend. Also has got a fantastic website, Exhale, which we'll talk about as well. So, Mark, welcome back to the show. Yeah, good to be back, guys. Now I can't even I don't even know where to start in terms of pronouncing the name of the race that you're at, but it was a seventy point three in China and XMN, XM. Can you just maybe tell us a bit, you know, what your experiences are like been racing in China and, uh, yeah, and what yeah. it's been like to elsewhere in the world that you've raced? So it's pronounced Shy Man, I think. Uh, yeah, Caroline's just told me that yeah, Shy Man, although it's, it starts with an X and an I. Um yeah, so one of the reasons um, we wanted to come out and race uh, this particular race was it was in China, um, and probably one of the most, or one of the things that, one of the better things about Ironman is it takes you around the world uh, to places where you probably would never go before, um, and Caroline and I have just had a great, it's been a really wonderful experience, um, you know, China is, it can be any any further from you know the western culture but everybody has been so accommodating just smiling full of teeth the Chinese just want to show off what they've got to offer and I have to say this is probably one of the best races that I've participated in and why is that is that the the course the organization uh, why is that I think um 
uh, I think a number of things. I think I think um, I mean you'll you'll be aware, John, as well that um, and Bevan, you know the issues we had in the UK with Ironman Weymouth. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 I think you know China's a, a communist state, if, if you want to call it that, but China have embraced it. They want to show off. They want to show the world what they what they can do, and they, and they want to show off. Um, you know, uh, shy man and how beautiful it is. And they just, they, they, when they, when you were walking around the town and, you know, and, you, and you're going in for a coffee or a tea, they just, they smile because you're a European. They've not seen Europeans, this many people around the city and town. And they just want to show off uh, and how good they are. And I'll tell you what, they pulled out all the stops, mm. you know, from, from accommodation, from hotels. You know, everybody speaks good English. Um the course, the organisation, it's it's been stress free. What, you know, what, and, what about and, in terms of organising your trip over this? Obviously, you book your flights, and yeah. then how how is it sort of you know in terms of getting there? And did you have to do it yourself, or do they sort of have services to help you from the airport? Because obviously, you know, you said a lot yeah. of people speak English, but it's um, sometimes a bit of a challenge, and that's one of the the factors that would probably put a lot of people off, worrying that they're going to just end up in some dark alley somewhere. No, it's it, it, it's a good point, and you know, and you think China, and um, I think things have changed so much, and obviously uh, with the with the language issue, you, I mean, you've always got an app. I mean, the apps now that we've got, we're communicating with you know Chinese people via the phone, mm, uh, cool, and you can, you, you, yeah, and it's just amazing. And it's interesting. We were out in a restaurant uh, a couple of days ago, and we had a, a Spanish friend who we met. You know, another good thing about Iron Man is you meet all these great people from around the world. I mean, we hooked up with this Spanish guy we never met before um, called Santiago. And we were in this restaurant and the uh, waitress spoke Spanish. Wow. So a Chinese Chinese waitress speaking Spanish to, to Santiago Spanish. And that was it. We're, we're, all, we're all off uh, having a great chat. Um, but I don't think for people out there who want to come out and race China, I don't think... They should feel that that's an issue, uh, traveling over here and, and, and not feeling, well, I don't think safe is the right term because, um, you know, the transfers, uh, you know, getting a taxi to the hotel, uh, it's all very, very efficient. Um, I think they pride themselves on it, um, you know, to, to, to the concierge at, at the front of the hotel, to the receptionist. You know, to the maids, they just want to make your experience out here the best it can be. Um, and it's been overwhelming. It's, it's been a really, really good experience. And I would recommend anybody out there, if they're going to do a race in China, just come over and do it. Well, what was there. the numbers like in comparison to like a. Uh... Um, Asian athletes versus European athletes. Like I know it's hard to really determine where people yeah, come no, from because no, lots of Europeans live in a part of the world. But yeah. what was the kind of so, crossover? The numbers were, um, I think it was a third of sort of Western uh, athletes, so guys from Europe and, and America and Australia, um, predominantly. And and the the the, the, the demographic from that, because a lot of guys have obviously come out and done what I've done and chased uh, a Kona slot. Um, so, so the age group from sort of 30, 30 years to about fifty, a lot more Europeans in that in that in that sort of catchment, um, and two thirds Chinese, mm. and 
it's interesting because we were chatting to some of the local Chinese uh, athletes. You know, two years ago, they didn't know what triathlon was, and they thought Ironman. Well, Ironman actually translates to triathlon. Uh, oh. Sorry, I am in in China, so they thought Ironman is triathlon. Mm -hmm. They didn't know that you know it was a brand name, um, and the numbers and the uh, the logistics. So they've created and allowed you know novice athletes to participate in the race. So we, we, when we were walking around the expo a couple of days ago, uh, you know, big Chinese companies have hired bikes for all these athletes to, to ride on. They'd all been stacked and lined up, you know. Caroline and I were taking photographs of all these bikes just leant up against each other, you know, um, thousands of pounds worth of bikes, all just leant against each other, uh, all ready for the Chinese athletes to come and pick up. Um, so, and, and it, it, it was, it was, it's quite, because um, the course lent itself to allow these amateurs to, to be on the course very wide roads because uh, it was a two-lap course. So you, you did catch uh, a lot of the uh, the novice athletes up, but because the roads were so wide, it wasn't an issue um, because you could ride around them. And, you know, and a lot of these guys had never sat on a, a tri-bike before that you could wow. see. They'd never been on tri-bars before. I mean, my, my probably one of the highlights for me on the race was I thought a guy had was uh, got on the course illegally just because it was a closed road he was on a mountain bike jeans and a t-shirt and he was turning himself inside out meandering all over the road and i came up alongside him and he had a race number on <laughs> <laughs> so he had a, a mountain bike you know just a cheap mountain bike uh jeans and a t-shirt and he was he was tearing himself apart <laughs> um, having a great time so. Yeah. so in some ways it feels like it's a funny race because it's kind of a tier between grassroots, you know, old school, but but it's kind of wrapped in a flash clothing, if you know what I mean. Like there's kind of this kind of two dimensions happening. You know, you've got these kind of yeah. very new to the yeah. sport, but they've got the best facilities ever. And then you've got a bit of the old, old experienced dogs there as well. So I imagine in some ways it's a different experience to most triathlons we're going to experience in the world right now. No, I and, and I think I think what's really interesting about it, and, and again, you know, there's there's this love hate relationship we have with with Ironman, um, but in some things it's very very good at, at certain aspects. So what we found was, you know, even with the language barrier, you could tell that somebody was a novice, and yet you could see the Western athletes offering and imparting knowledge uh, and showing uh, showing them tips, you know, and there was. There wasn't that sense of ego that you you probably get in a in, in a bigger European race, you know, when strength in depth is is more apparent and there's a bit more dick swinging going on. So the threat from the rest of the masses wasn't necessarily there. So I think a lot more people were a, a lot more prepared to offer their time and advice. You know, um, I certainly saw that in in, in in and around the transition as well, because these guys had not, never done it before. Nice. Um, it was amazing to watch. So you've gone out yeah. there. You've uh, you gone out there and spanked it. You've um, won your age group, finished eleventh place overall. Thirty-one minute swim, two seventeen on the bike, and one thirty on the run. Um, so obviously got your ticket to, to Kona. Um, maybe just talk us through, you know, what you'll do now in terms of looking at your your race data from the seventy point three and how you sort of integrate it into into Exhale and um, how you can sort of compare it to some of your other races. Yeah. So. I, uh, uh, the thing that we can do now with the, with the software is 
So, for instance, I I, I, I use a Garmin 220 running watch uh, to measure my running. But we've we've allowed you to be able to use that running watch for your swim data. Mm-hmm. So I will press record for the swim. It's recording it as a run. But when I upload it and it's and it's synced with Garmin, I just change that run to swimming, oh, nice. and then. It, it will then, and then there's no requirement me for you know to buy a Phoenix three or whatever. I buy a cheaper version watch, and we just change the code internally. So that's what we've done. Um, so it allows. <clears throat> it's a little bit. Um, you, you know, you're a bit safer in the knowledge that actually you don't have to have all these different devices, uh, or or to carry a huge watch on your wrist, which I know a lot of people don't like to do. Um, so, but what what is interesting of the 70.3s that I've done this year, um, so I did Pays Dax in May. I think I did Wimble Ball uh, in the summer in the UK and this race and three very different profiles uh, within the race. And what, what's interesting is that my power profiles, um, uh, even though the, um, you know, some of quite extreme hilly courses, we're only we're only within ten watts of each other uh, of the three races, and I I can overlay that information and and, and make comparisons, and I, and I can see the strengths and weaknesses, and and the thing that pops itself out to me immediately on the three races. So I've averaged between two hundred eighty, two seven five to about two eight five watts average on the three races. Um, but what is really apparent in, in all three races, my power drops by, in some points, twenty percent on the second tail end of, of the bike, um, which clearly is telling me that I've, I've overcooked the first hour um, on the bike, and I just need to balance that that seventy point three, that ninety k's, and be a bit more conservative early on. Uh, and it was the same on Sunday. You know, I did. I did the first 40, 40 Ks in about 58, 30, I think it popped up. And I knew then that I was going a bit too quick. Um, but this is a pattern that I've not learned from, but I can see the pattern. So I just need to um, be a little bit more aware of it and be a bit more disciplined um, because that is how I'm racing these races and to the detriment of my running. Um so, so how that, many, that's how, how many races? How many, using X how? How many sort of races do, do you typically sort of overlay on top of each other? Well, I mean, the interesting thing with these, when when, when I'm overlaying and comparing the data, I mean, specifically bikes, people like to talk about power and this, that, and the other. Um, the three courses are very, very different. So you, you've got to understand that the power profiles are going to be different. So, for instance. Um, on Sunday, I think it was only about 500 meters of elevation. It's a pretty flat course, so my power my power profile was a lot more smooth. Whereas at Wimbledon, you know, I was spiking, you know, 340, 350 watts on some of the 20% climbs, and then on the descents, you know, I wasn't pedaling for four minutes. Mm. Um, but w- what the software allows you to do, and because you have autonomy on and control of that power file you can cherry pick and, and remove uh, those elements where, for instance, at Wimbledon, I wasn't pedaling. And that essentially will corrupt and um, undermine the overall data. Because I'm not pedaling, 
it, it will reduce my average power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and four minutes of not pedaling. And normalized power takes it into a certain extent, but it doesn't take in um, an account for big blocks if you're not pedaling. Uh, it's like doing an interval session and counting your rest period mm. as part of your average speed. It, it, you know, it will erode it uh, and undermine it. So it's interesting to see these numbers when I remove all the garbage, um, especially from Mumblebone because it's such an aggressive course, that actually that riding profile and the way I rode that particular bike, uh, the numbers were where they should have been, um, you know, and it tells you and it will tell the athlete, actually, it will show you a, a pattern. So if it is a flat course, actually you can hold or you should be holding a set power. If it's a hilly course, based on your physiology and how you understand, um, uh, you know, that particular technical aspect of that course, if you're climbing, you can actually hold more power, mm. uh, you know. And so I know I can hold probably 20 to 30% more climbing than I would normally on the flat, but I've only learned that through playing around with the numbers and overlaying and, and, and making cross-references with the, with, with the power and the speed. Um, and, you you know, guys will find a dark room and play around with it all day. But I don't, I don't want the software. Um, we could write an algorithm in which to dissect it. But you as a coach and the athlete knows exactly um, the emotions you're going through in that particular course or that particular scenario, um, and you know, for instance, it, it, you know that a certain segment has corrupted that particular ride, and as such, you can remove it, and it just makes that data a little bit cleaner. Um, you know, so that's that's what that's what we're trying to do when we're designing um, this information, because there's so much information in there. We just want to try and keep it as clean and as um, as easy as possible. I mean, I was, sh- I was showing Matt Leato it yesterday and having to play around and showing him the bike profiles and, and how we can clean up that data. And he, he, you know, he was quite complimentary on it as well because he's, there's certain functions there that he's not seen before on other platforms where the coach and the athlete has a little bit more autonomy uh, to clean that data up. So, um, so um, you, what's, what's on the um, horizons for you now? You're sort of uh, looking, at, looking at Kona? You, or you guys got many more travels this year? Yeah, so Caroline came uh, seventh yesterday. And so Caroline's um, started to, to, to work part-time now. So she's, she's done a first six-week block of, you know, real uh, targeted training. And we've, we, although it's still quite early, we've seen, we've seen some of that benefit already because we've targeted uh, Caroline swimming. Uh, and she was third out of the water on Sunday, which, you know, some of these girls are, um, you know, some of the best in the world. So that was great to see her getting out uh, with these girls in the water, and that's something we've targeted. So we just need to move forward now and work a little bit more on um, biking and running. Um, so, yeah, and for me, so I'm just going to follow Car- Caroline, really, and we'll, we're going to do Bahrain in a few weeks because we've got friends out there, and South Africa we're going to go down. Because I want to do... I want to go down and do South Africa and qualify for Kona 
at South Africa, even though I've got my slot, I feel a little bit uneasy about taking a oh, corner slot. Come on, <laughs> that's just uh, being precious. Not, <laughs> Take uh, it. You play by the rules. No, but if it goes the other way, no, give no, someone else an option. There you go. Yeah. yeah. But I, I just, uh, I, I just, I feel sometimes that because there's such a big difference in the seventy point three and the nine man, the the, the, the two totally different races. Um, although saying that on Sunday, I've probably not suffered as much as I have in a 70.3 than we did on Sunday on the run. And you look at the splits, you know, and Tim Don, who's, you know, ITU guy, he can run like the wind and, and post for the fastest split on Sunday. He did a, a, a 118, you know, he did a 117.59. And this boy can run, you know, he's a mm. quick, quick boy. And he, and he posted what is relatively a pedestrian time for, for Tim Don, uh, 118. Mm. And if you look at all the splits across the board on the run, the conditions were super, super tough. It was, it was, I think it was about 30, 32, 34 degrees, really hot, no wind, and everybody suffered on that run uh, on Sunday. Um, but yeah, so, but it, because when I was running on the course and I was looking at my splits, I was thinking, Jesus, I'm running slower than my Ironman pace at Kalmar. And then I quickly realized that everybody was running like that and I wasn't getting caught and uh, everybody was just having a bad day uh, on the run. Um, because the course was flat, it was an out and back, you know, on paper, it should have been quick. Um, but it was, it was, um, it was a, it was a tough, tough 70.3, definitely. Oh, it's good to, um, good, good to see but, some more racing, and, good to see some more racing in China and good to see they're doing a, a good job over there. And we'll, um, yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you spanking it over in Kona and, uh, getting Caroline to the start line as well. Yeah, well, we had um, we've met a few guys and we've got to know Matt Leato quite well out here. But uh, it's interesting because I caught um, uh, Sarah Pampiano up on the run. On mm. um, on sorry, I caught up and ran a, a wrong side, and I said, uh, "I said great interview on uh, I am talk." By the way, <laughs> <laughs> nice. so uh, we had we had a wee chat because we ran for a couple of miles with each other, and she she obviously got irritated by me. <laughs> and then, uh, Took off. Started, decided to put the burdens on, but we had a nice chat and um, we talked about the pod, your podcast uh, interviews out there. And Tim Don as well. I had a chat with Tim and I complimented him on his interview as well with you boys. So um, because you did a good job and um, you certainly kept me motivated on my long runs over the Yorkshire Moors while uh, everybody was in Kona. Um, oh, well, count yeah. the countdowns on to October. You got plenty of time to train. So, thanks for sharing you, all that you, on you, Kona. And um, you guys aren't going out, are you? This next? No, next not this year. We'll wait and see. Gomez turns up. We might be there. Yeah, yeah. We'll start a campaign. Yeah. But, yeah okay. Well, well, it's, well, I appreciate your time as always, guys. So, and yeah, awesome, keep mate. up the good work, John. Interesting about China, isn't it? I wonder in some ways as well, because one thing we need to remember is it's now a Chinese company. Absolutely. You know, and so they want to put their best foot forward in that part of the world mm. too, don't they? Because it's kind of them showing off, you know, well, not showing off, but being proud in their own nation. And mm. uh, yeah, so. I think it'd be fantastic if we can see more Chinese athletes over in Kona. I mean, I'm, I'm still of the opinion that you shouldn't really be able to qualify at a 70.3, but look, one of the challenges they have, not just in China, but throughout Asia, are the conditions are just so unconducive for Ironman racing so you know you go to Malaysia and, and Mark was sort of mentioning as well the 70.3 you know it's just oppressively hot so running an Ironman in these places is um, it's pretty bloody difficult so I'm kind of a little bit torn there I say generally 
shouldn't be able to qualify to 70.3, but there's got to be some exceptions, especially when there is no Ironman in China. So, um, yeah, it'd be great to see more of them over, over in Kona, I think. Well, and it sounds like it's an amazing experience. Mm. Like it, it delivered big time. And Mark's, you know, he's an experienced athlete. It wasn't like it was his first time at the races. Mm. So, you know, like it's pretty, it sounds like, you know, nailed it. Exactly. So good to hear. If uh, you want to nail it, go to xendurance.com. Oh, mate. And... Uh, Check out their Fuel 5. It's got five fuel sources. So if you're, if you're someone who's, who's been struggling on that path of trying to find what sports nutrition or what race day nutrition is going to work for you, um, give give Fuel 5 a crack. It's got a really smooth uh, taste in terms of and it uses organic sweet potato, multidextrin, dextrose, lactate and sucrose yeah, right and designed to give the body its preferred substrate to promote glycogen synthesis. So... Um, Figuring out your race nutrition is a bloody tricky thing. Everybody's a little bit different. Um, and from the guys that I've spoken that have used X Endurance, we had a few over on uh, Epic Camp, and I've got a couple other guys that I've coached before who've used it who've found it just a, a sports drink that goes down really easily. It's not not as sugary as what you find from a lot of the, the sort of Gatorade-type ones. So um, if you want to go down that path, check it out, xendurance.com. Remember to use the promo code I am talk ten and get yourself ten percent off. Okay, questions and answers. answers. Good old Daniel Clark. We've been talking a lot about the American Triple T recently, and he just said, "Hey boys, uh, big fan of the work you do. I've just finished listening to episode five three eight when you talked about the Triple T. You seem to talk about the race fairly regularly, so I wanted to share a bit of information from my experience at the race. I did the race this year for the first time. You mentioned the transitions on the show at Triple T. I realised how woeful I was at transitions. He even sent me through a video." Although the video was actually alright Oh he got smoked by the people in the background And he did stop for a drink Yeah, Drink on the bike Uh, You race against the same people four times So your weaknesses really shine through In the first race I had a quicker swim, bike and run than the winner But I didn't win because of my transitions I remember Scott Molina lost the world championship Because of that one time An age group, he lost it in transition basically um, Because he had the fast swim, bike, run Also in race three The bike to swim transition can be really tricky I have a video of my transition which he sent through They offer a plastic bag to go over your feet Which really help Also to prep for the race It's amazing how poor everyone seems to be feeling on Sunday morning before the race. It's the only time I've stood at the start line and would have had no problems if it was cancelled. I wasn't saying at the race site, I was almost near in a motel which was 30 minutes away. You never have as much time is wait a second you never have as much time as you think between races and getting in good nutrition is a big challenge or a bigger challenge than you thought it would be the triple t course is far more challenging than i expected both coming up and going down with that said it's a fantastic way to kick off your racing season and the organizers do a great job of putting it on so do, are you going to put that link to that video on uh, no, show notes? No, oh, I'll put a no, link in here. Yeah, I'll, yeah. You know, I'll put the video. I'll put link so in. It, was, it was a really good um, example there of Daniel when he was actually in that transition where you go from um, bike, swim, to, to, bike to swim. And I actually agree with you. I thought he did quite a good job of getting his wetsuit on fairly quickly. There was a couple of dudes in the background that okay, smoked him big time. And, uh, and you know, they, they were actually getting their top half of their wetsuit on as they ran off to the water and he was still standing there with a the marshal sort of helping him with his zips. Okay, so. so he's got this guy behind him. He's um, There's another guy coming behind him. Okay, so it's Great. a race for three. He's in third. It's, it's, it's an even race, John. There's 40 seconds we've got here coming in. He's getting his legs and The other guy's still sitting on the ground. At this moment, yeah. I'm picking Mark. But, but the guy in the far rolling. background... He's this guy had his wetsuit inside out and he was rolling it onto his uh, legs and it looked like a good method. He was sitting down so he wasn't expending more energy and uh, and then he got it up to his hips and oh, then he do ran you know off. We, no, no, no. Mark's foolish mistake. 
Those boys didn't do it over. Daniel Clark didn't. Oh, oh sorry. Who's, who's Daniel? Is this Daniel, is it? Yeah. Okay. The other boys ran off with it to hip height. Exactly. Well, he didn't. I know. That's what stuffed him up. Mm. Yeah, he lost the race because of that. You live and learn. You got to live and learn. Okay, good old Daniel. Thank you very much for that. And I've already talked about the Google thing. If you don't know how it works on Google Play, Tim's video I've talked about, John. Patrons. We have indeed. So on our new website, you can go to our gallery and you can look at Meet Our Patrons. I'm gonna. You can pick one as well. I'll pick one. Okay, wait. Let me show the best photo, a photo that entertains me. So who's who's on here that's got a, a really cool photo? Uh, who's that Christmas man there? Oh, I'm pulling up the website so I can't actually see it. So you, t- you, you pull a name. Oops. Gallery. Gallery. Meet our patrons. That's where you go. If you're Simon, a patron, go to the Simon website. Simon Pace. He hasn't actually written anything about himself, but he's running along and it must be like a Christmas Day uh, Christmas Day outfit. He's got his Santa hat on. He's got something running around his neck and he looks like he's absolutely smoking it. I can't remember what nickname we gave Simon Pace, but he looks like he's running at a pretty good pace. Oh, if you he's got a gold one. I stopped racing uh, triathlon in favour for a run and bike races just around the time when you guys started I Am Talk. Listen to all the episodes have been keeping me up to date with what's happening in the triathlon world. Thank you very much. So there we go. He's actually doing a cycle race as well. But the other thing is, he looks gold in his bright green top. Mm, he runs the Grand Fondos. Yeah, in America, New York. Mm. So there you go. Fantastic. So if you want to support the show, it helps us do things like getting a, getting a new website, make sure we've got all the, the good equipment to make sure we've got good audio quality for you guys and helps us get to Kona every second year as well. So do you know what's really cool about it, John? What's cool? Because I know so many people's names who are part of this, this you know, part of I Am Talk. Hmm. But I don't know their faces. Mm-hmm. And so then I go on here and good old, although I had met Rob Green before, with the old spine tingler. But yeah, Rob Green, I know who he looks like now. Yep. And then I go along and I see old good old Soren Vrist. Mm-hmm. No, he looks like now. That's mm-hmm. a good photo. He's got mm-hmm. the old focus on him. Good old Damien, the $100 Bill Bennett. Yeah. He's looking pretty awesome in a subway. I imagine he's from New Zealand. Yes. He's got the Avanti subway outfit on. So well, I get to, you guys can check each other out. There you go. There we go. So if you want to become a patron, go to me, And we also have to say a big thank you to James Afila Reed for because this new website is pretty, pretty cool. And it's a big part because of his support. Good old Jack Lynch. Yes. You know what he's got on, John? Oh, he's the got the dive ri- out. Uh, he no, he's got the original Iron Talk jersey. Nice. Iron Man Talk jersey. Yes. That's so in loyalty to the show that is. So, team, if you want to do it, just go to www.iamtalk to me. New website. It's all pretty obvious on there. Sponsors. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic bubble. Exhale. Trainexhale.com. Get geek out with Exhale and uh, Jumbo. Yes. That's been super. I've totally forgotten. Very good. And our patrons. And you know who you are. You rock. John, what's your goss? What's my goss? It's going to be good to go home tonight and not have to study. When does it start again? Not not for bloody ages. University student life is just. It's a joke, isn't it? It's a joke. It's not going to yeah. start till February. It's like bloody November. And it's now. late February. It's not early February. It's yeah. pretty much March. Yeah. One thing that I was, I was doing my study for this exam, and I was thinking this is probably not the most conducive place to be doing study because I was sort of in our lounge. It's sort of um, got the TV t- on. The TV's in the other room, but I'm kind of can hear it if I want to. Um, but I'm pretty focused on, and I'm still thinking, no, I'm, I'm concentrating here. It's all, it's all going in. And, uh, and I was doing that most nights. So I wasn't really studying during the day, but sort of from get the kids to bed and sort of maybe from 7.30 to 9 o'clock, I'd do some study for the last sort of two or three weeks. And I was thinking, yeah, again, not the best environment, but let's just stick with it because I don't like really studying in my office because that's kind of my workplace. Yeah, I get that. Yep. And, and so I'll oh, we'll just do this. And then we're in the exam today and 
in Christchurch, there's a huge amount of construction everywhere. Yeah. And uh, at the polysec that I'm at, there's plenty of construction going on. It's a hot day, windows are open. There's a digger outside just screeching. It's, it was obviously just scraping along a concrete path. It must have been picking something up. But for the first 45 minutes, it was just constantly just... It wasn't like fingers down a blackboard, but it wasn't too far off. Yeah. It was really annoying. If you, if you got annoyed, it was just going to grind on you. And the people were going to the, t- the, the supervisor, can we get them to go and stop? And they were getting really distracted. And I was like, it's just like having the TV on nah, in the background. You were practicing, weren't you? Yeah. You were so, preparing. So it was good. I love exams. I don't love... I love what exams all about you go into it and you don't really know what's coming up within it and you just in years it's it's fantastic i think most of the learning i've done in the last period of my life it's kind of like assessments or fantastic way to learn because you've got to learn everything and you're just going shit i don't know what's going to be in there and only 25 percent of what you've studied is actually in there but you've been forced to learn everything so i think it's like not when you do sociology john when i was at university i did sociology 101 Mm -hmm. and what they didn't and they didn't tell you this but everyone knew the inside joke Basically, it was a six-month paper, and the thing with it was that you, each week they had a different subject to, to, to study. Mm-hmm. So like one week, I can't remember, I obviously didn't learn much in sociology, mm-hmm. but each week they kind of had these things that you had to learn. But each week was a totally different subject. Mm-hmm. So all you needed to learn was three weeks. And nice. then in the exam, they had like 15 different options yeah. that represented six months you'd meant to be studying, mm-hmm. and you chose three and you sweet as. So everyone knew three weeks of sociology, you're done. <laughs> and everyone got mean marks. Everyone mm-hmm. smashed it out of the park because poor system they didn't do your your trick of disguising what's going to happen my one piece of parenting advice is oh here we go today. parenting 101 with john this is where i'm going home today i'm going to be telling my kids when you when you're older and you have tests and exams you stay in there the whole bloody time and try to eke out as many marks as you can well you were That's talking disgusting. with my coach sam sam good old sam name and shame her on the show oh no name and shame her. she's a good chick she she you were saying she lasted an hour it's a two-hour test. I looked up after an hour, and she's leaving, in, and then lots of other people left as well. Like more than half the class, it was, I thought, a much harder exam than what I was anticipating. And but I reckon Sam will get good marks. She's a pretty yeah, smart girl. Yeah, that's the thing. But I was, like, I was either impressed or dismayed. Going, how or the hell can you? I'm not even maybe one of well, maybe someone's a bit slow. Maybe I. Am. <laughs> I get you get writer's cramp. Like, bloody hell, my arm was so sore you halfway use through. Computers? No, no, it's all writing. But that's funny nowadays, because how often do you write nowadays? Yeah, but if you've got a computer, you just connect online. No, but they might be able to have devices that you can... You're thinking nowadays, like how often do you... Like admittedly, I write a journal every night, so I do write every day. But outside of that, how often would you write in comparison to typing? Absolutely, but yeah, no. Get with the times. You need to get a bit... I I was watching Graham Norton the other day, and who was it? Good program, Graham Norton. um, It wasn't Ben Affleck, it was... uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. He was Matt Damon's mate. It's Ben Affleck, isn't it? It was Ben Affleck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's, got, he's got his own font. Oh, really? Yeah, because he was doing Wish some Wish he could movie, own talk font. And he, they said, well, we'll just write, do some writing and we'll do oh. your own font. And so then, he types out his own writing? So Yeah, it looks like a letter. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Bevan, what's happening in your world? John Bo went to the gym Monday morning. Not many people went to the gym, but somebody did. Belinda did. Belinda did. She oh. did. They were sneaky, stuck into my class, trip without paying. But in fairness, because your class wasn't on, because your your instructors decided not to turn up, just because it was a little bloody shake in the night. Soft, John. It was soft. Did I tell you how the cars up the road? Did I tell you that beginning Mm. of the show? So it was really bizarre. So we had the earthquake, and it woke up, and it was it was a it was a big enough one where people were communicating. It was massive. Yeah. So, but you know, so but my problem was, I'm quite you know, it was it was 
it was not nice. And I made sure Tyler and Mum and Dad were fine. And then I, was, I wanted to go back to sleep. And then people kept texting all night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is nice because people cared. Yeah. And then Joe got into his group text with somebody. And so then when somebody responded, I was like, oh, let me in my sleep. Yeah. So then the alarm goes off. And we go to the gym. And the problem with the earthquake was the tsunami warning got, got knocked off. And so I, I drove out the driveway, stuck in a gym, and all these cars are coming from What's with the cars? And I didn't think about the yeah. tsunami factor. And then go down past the cup. It was like this was the end of the world was happening. There mm. were cars everywhere, mm. families just sitting inside the cars or outside the cars. Did a little park down, you know, by the church here. Mm-hmm. It was just packed with cars and people. Because all the low, le- low level areas got evacuated. Yeah, and and because we don't have the sirens in this part of town, and it was just really, it was just a kind of a surreal moment. Like at five in the morning or five thirty mm. in the morning, to have you know half the city, well not half the city, but you know a lot of people in your area was kind of kind of out of it. So that was kind of bizarre. What else happening in my world, John? Um, Joe's just went ahead of uh, uh, sorting out the meals for the wedding. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that, so it's kind of. I'm I'm th- sorry to interrupt. No, you, you, go, you go. I'm three quarters of the way through my coke. I'm about to leave in, in two minutes to go for my bike ride. So I've got and two I, minutes. I, I say to Bevan, I need some ice for my coke because I just bought a can of coke. Oh, right. I go into the freezer. So where's your ice? I find the chocolate tray. Yeah. No ice. Yeah. There's an entire tray yeah. full of chocolate. Yeah, but only five bits a night. I'm going back for seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. What else, John? What else? What was I talking about when you interrupted me? Because it was life changing. Yeah, it's, it's really annoying when people interrupt. What was I talking about? Oh. Joe, going and getting oh, your wedding oh, cake. See, oh, I listen. Yeah, not the cake, the, the menu. Menu. What you're going to be eating, John? Yeah, do I get to choose or do I just get what I'm getting? I think there's a choice. Two? Choice. Mm. I, yeah, she was talking, I don't know, I don't know what she went with. Sometimes they do the alternating. Yeah, you I don't like the alternating. Sure, you got to make sure your, your wife's happy or your, your partner's happy to do a Yeah, the alternating's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. And especially if you definitely don't like one of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you can persevere with both of them, it's okay, but... Or you really love the one you don't get, and then your mate next to you gets it, mm. and then what do you do? They'll look at the email all the time. Yeah, eh? yeah, that one. No, so we've got that sorted. Joe was saying we're not going to do dessert, John. We're just going to get a cake. Oh yeah, yeah, it's an yeah. option. Yep, and some chocolates mm-hmm. from my tray mm-hmm. over there. Yeah, yep. and then yep, but, uh, yep. That's pretty much it for the wedding. Great. Looking forward to it. Should be a good night. We're going to dance. Mm. We're going to we're going to rock the dance floor. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. It's, all I care about is dancing. Yeah. We're actually going to dance up the aisle. Yeah, we want those couples. Nice, you know? great. And we're actually getting everyone to learn through it. I'm going to send you the video today. Based off my coordination, I won't be tearing <laughs> Man, up. I've seen you rip it up on the dance floor in Kona. Blinda laughs at my efforts doing CX works. I can't even do that properly. What do you mean? How can you get that one wrong? There's a few things I can't do properly. What bits? Oh, like when you one one where you do a squat with the band and you got to get your arms. That's out hard. Go, I can't do that. That is hard, isn't it? <laughs> Especially when you're in the squat and you're doing the reverse pec yeah. That is hard. I'll yeah, give you that much. Yeah, good. Okay, well, here we go. I'm Russ. I'm a Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Kia kaha. That's a reverb then. Here we go.